Yeah, welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. I am the LA nerd Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Salen. Hey, yo. And uh, for the first time across the pond, Lawrence Merling. Hi, friends. Uh, you don't sound like you're from England. I don't sound like I'm from London. Yeah, ah, there it is. <laughs> Just do the whole podcast like that. It'll be great. <laughs> no one will be offended. It's fine. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, Taylor, roll me those sweet, smooth jams with an uh, English accent. Oh, God. Wooka wooka. I don't know how to do an English accent, <laughs> especially with that. So I'm just going to do the normal shit. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> I can't even. I, no, I That's really hilarious. Can't. That's fine. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, I guess what we've been watching. Yeah, your favorite <laughs> part of the so show. I'm so excited. Who wants my, to? First? I mean, it's my. I, like, I don't know. It's like sometimes I just haven't watched anything, and I'm like, I have to listen to you guys talk. Yeah, man, that's that's the whole point is to get new recommendations of stuff to watch. <laughs> exactly. I, 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 guys, I only do this podcast to hear myself talk, obviously. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, Lauren, why don't you go if you're okay with that? Sure, yeah. Um, so I've got a lot, but I'm going to breeze through it because a lot of this is mostly just things that I've caught up on. Yeah. Um, so on the plane, I watched Sonic finally. Ooh, oh God, nice. nice. Yep, um, and Jumanji two, Ooh, or ah. Jumanji three, I guess. Yeah, the second one with the Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good as the first. Yeah, but it was still fun. The first of the um, second. The first of the second. Yeah. Um, same thing with Sonic. Like it was fun, not amazing. But it was fine. Yeah. Um, I loved, you know, I love Jim Carrey. Like seeing Jim Carrey back in his element with that was fun. Totally. Uh, and then I watched the final season of Shit's Creek uh, because it was available here when I got here. So that was nice to see it before everybody back home. The perks. I know. Uh, also, I watched all of Ratchet, the new Ryan Murphy mm. show. Oh, I, I didn't even know that was um, out yet. Yeah. yeah, it came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it kind of feels like a mix between American Horror Story and Hollywood. Um, it was fine. I I don't 100% see how it needs to tie into Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. Like it could be its own standalone Cinematic thing with universes. a different lane with yeah. a different name. Yeah. Um and it was fine. Like, some of the performances are phenomenal in it. I will give them that. Um, was it necessary? Mm, don't know. Will I watch season two? Maybe. Uh, also watched The Social Dilemma. Have you guys mm. watched that? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things. I heard that I, I... No, I haven't. I have not watched it. <laughs> I've been told that it uh, will call me out. So I'm... You're kind of scared to watch it a little bit then is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm hella addicted to fucking social media. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. There is no doubt about that. 
it's it's interesting uh i definitely think everyone should watch it for sure um just at the very least to be informed even if you don't change your ways like you should at least know what's going on yeah um but then i'll feel bad about myself i mean maybe maybe not (laughs) i don't know yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's been one of the one of the things, you know, like that I've heard about the shows. It's like not especially for people our age, like we know a lot of these things already, you know, in terms of um, like information gathering and, you know, all right. those aspects. But at the same time, I think um, at least from what I've heard that it's worth watching because of sort of the fallout of all that. Right. Like the the sort of implications that that sort of creates in society. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, that, and also, uh, it, uh, does kind of give you hope at the end though, because a lot of these people who helped create these things and got us into this position are now helping to, you know, fix it. Yeah. Everybody way. except Mark Zuckerberg. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I, there was definitely still stuff in it that I didn't know yeah. uh, as much as we do know about, you know, mm-hmm. all the info grabbing and everything. So yeah. like what, um, I can't remember right now because I'm tired, but there was definitely some stuff that I was like, oh, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. Um, also, Enola Holmes. Ah, this is also one that I watched. Oh, yeah? Indeed. What did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was cute. Um, I thought Millie Bobby Brown was was really excellent uh, in the movie, as well as um, Henry Cavill and, and Sam Claflin. Um, mm-hmm. As sort of uh, her two older brothers, which are you know obviously well more well known than than um, this new version that they're sort of trying to create. Um, yeah. I had some problems with it. Uh, most most of so it's important to note that this is wasn't actually a movie that was produced by Netflix. It was it was supposed to be a, the, a theatrical release this fall, and mm-hmm. they essentially when wow. the COVID stuff happened, they're like, okay, well this is you know just sell to Netflix, and um, so. That's neither here nor there. I just think it's an interesting fact. Um, yeah, I think my one of my biggest problems with this movie is that um, I don't know if you guys saw The Old Guard, but it felt very much like one of those traditional mm. Netflix movies in terms of like promising something that the movie doesn't necessarily like get to. Like it's almost, mm. it's that idea of like the sequel is going to be the movie that you were promised for this. And, you know, beyond that, I also think that this movie should have been directed by a woman. Like, having it directed by a man is is, is fine, um, but I think there would have just been so much more personality and interest if it would have, you know, had a female Helmer behind the project. Yeah, I agree. I liked it because I liked seeing Bobby Millie Bobby Brown in that role. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I think, the most comedic role that we've seen from her, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and I thought she did great with that. So I'm kind of excited to see where she goes from there. I've heard people say, um, you know, she's kind of taking over that helm from Keira Knightley. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and that. yeah. Uh, so, so that was great. I thought, like you said, the rest of the performances were great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely a bit formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kind of see where it was going, but yeah. it was, it was a fun movie to throw on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think definitely, honestly, I think better for Netflix than theatrical, personally. Yeah, yeah. I probably wouldn't have gone to that. see it in the theaters, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. but yeah. Absolutely. And um, and yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying as well. I think like, you know, this is, this is definitely a movie that is, um, 
it's pretty well written, you know what I mean? But I just I just feel like that that at the sort of at towards the end I just started getting a little bored with it and like you said it just felt a little formulaic. But nevertheless still we're checking out. So Yeah. Hen- Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes. Yes. He does, yeah. yeah. And and um Claflin Is he the plays... best Sherlock Holmes of all time? He's not he's in it, but he's it's weird because Sherlock and Mycroft are in a weird way like kind of the antagonists of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like Gotcha. So it's like there's sort of like this antagonistic force, even though like Mycroft is much more of an asshole than Sherlock is. Yeah. Like Sherlock is more accepting of Enola, mm-hmm. but but still, um, I don't know. And then you also have uh, Helena Bonham Carter as um, oh. as as the mother, which is yeah. interesting. But I don't really think they like um, utilize her as much as they could have. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that there was setup for that, and mm-hmm. the execution was eh, just so so. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, like sequel, but... se- sequel setup for sure, you know. So yeah, but it was fun to see like her relationship, like the girls' relationship, yeah. uh, was great. Yes, mom and daughter, and and especially, you know, because they are very unconventional characters for that time period. Absolutely, yeah. So yep. it's fun to see that. Um, after that, I watched Homecoming season two on mm. Amazon Prime. Did either of you watch season one? Nope. I don't think so. What is okay. it? Um, season one, it uh, starred Julia Roberts. Hmm. And it was like this medical uh, kind of experimental facility. They were experimenting on soldiers coming back from war, basically removing their memories yeah, from like their, the war. Their, their PTSD symptoms, if you will. Yeah. 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 Um, and like it kind of went awry and then season two julie roberts is not involved um it's there's some of the same cast but a lot of new cast for it um and kind of goes deeper into the realm of that facility mm-hmm. um and that their parent company and the other things they produce and you know eventually that goes awry as well yeah. Yeah. so uh it was fine i don't know Mostly I was looking for something to watch and I was like, oh, I watched season one. I'll watch season two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Been there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also finally watched Toy Story 4. Mm. Thoughts on Forky? Loved it. Okay. I got it. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. Um, trash! I'm trash! <laughs> it's so good, man. <laughs> By the uh, way, if, if you haven't seen the Forky Ask a, a Question stuff, you definitely have to check that out now on, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I haven't because I wanted to watch the movie yeah. first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I don't a hundred percent know that it was a necessary film mm-hmm. of course uh, it wasn't. in the franchise, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. You know, fun to get See, the old, the gang back together and yeah. those freaking dolls though. I hate, I hated the ventriloquist. <laughs> yeah. Very creepy. Oh. Yep. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, the more I think about Toy Story 4, I think it is personally, I feel like it is kind of necessary in the sense that like we're finally seeing a, a true proper send off for Woody. But at the same time, I still have those conflicting sure. feelings of like, like Toy Story 3 is like pretty much a perfect movie. Um, and so it's kind of hard to like follow that up. So honestly, Woody goes yeah. off with Bo Peep at the end, right? Yeah, he basically decides to like go on his own adventure. Spoilers, but hey, the movie's been out for yeah. like almost two years now, so whatever. It'd be super cool if we got like a Woody and Bo movie. Ooh. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I, be I would watch that as a thirty-year-old man. Yeah, make it like a buddy. Or, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, or even a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, like, make it like a buddy cop story. You know, 
Yeah. Absolutely. I would, I would, I mean, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Especially since Woody's a sheriff. I mean, it's kind of, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I see what you did there. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, And then I watched The Gentleman, Mm, finally. Nice. Uh, I loved, loved, loved Hugh Grant in this movie. He's incredible. I I don't think I've ever seen him do anything like this before. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun to see him do something pretty transformative for him. Um, yep. I thought the rest of the film was pretty good too, uh, I, but he was my favorite part of it yeah. by far. Absolutely, and that, that I like think I, for me too, he's definitely my favorite part. But it translates to like that that whole idea of like the screenplay, like mm-hmm. metaphor yeah. being used in the, in the scene between him and um and Charlie Hunnam. Uh, well, it's yeah. actually multiple scenes, but you know that whole aspect of it. And I yeah, just thought yeah, it was yeah. so brilliant and and so fun, and and Hugh Grant's just like hamming it up and and just having a total ball, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I loved that that screen play element, and that he was the one yeah. behind it. Yeah. I don't know; it was. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I know some people didn't like the film, but um, they just don't then... understand. Well, there was some there was some pushback <laughs> in terms of like the whole racial aspect and stuff like that. Um, you know, yeah. guy, guy Ritchie's never been like too um, sort of forth. Uh, like he's he's never been inclusive in terms of like he just he very much deals in stereotypes in a lot of ways so i think that's that's mm-hmm. part of his style but there was some some sort of pushback on, on the movie for that yeah yeah which is understandable yeah um and then i watched all of handmaid's tale in like three days nice <laughs> jesus christ because i'm a masochist <laughs> you're like i need more she's <laughs> She's just prepping for the United States in November, okay? I know. I've already seek, suck asylum. It's fine. Yeah. Seek to suck. Yeah. Whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch some of it, but it's really good, and I'm intrigued to see where they go from here. Have either of you watched Tammy and Stale at all? I've seen... I have not. Most of the first season, but I'm not caught up. Okay. One, so. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's. Um, it's a difficult show to watch in general, but it's also an important show. You know, which is obviously yes, exactly apparent. Um, yeah, it's just <sighs> weird to think. You know, that's at least some of what happens on that show either is happening, has happened. Well, at least in the book, everything that happens uh, is based off of real events that have happened at some point in history. Yeah. Um. Not necessarily present day is yeah. well, in, in the book or the show but yeah i think um, the idea is like it's plausible right yeah but but literally in the book it's it's things that either actually happen yeah. like yeah. from the bible or mm-hmm. in other parts of the world yeah. um so just bringing them to the states yeah uh but yeah i think there's some really good performances in that as well i haven't seen alexis bladell in something in quite a while oh, yeah. and so that was fun to see her back mm-hmm. from gilmore uh, girls in it. yeah yep. yeah and a dramatic turn uh, as well as you know some of the girls from orange is the new black mm. it's just it's a pretty great cast overall nice. bradley yeah. whitford yeah um is in the, se- the third season at the least bradley whitford uh, how many doing, seasons are there? Doing, doing god's work three gotcha. so far yeah. yeah um and then i watched some live theater uh online Ooh, nice which has been pretty pretty fun some from back in the states and some from here in the uk nice. um it's just been interesting to see you know how people are handling it 
in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, and then finally, I saved this for last because I know you guys have at least watched part of this. Um, I finished The Boys season two. Nice. I want everybody to uh, publicly shame Taylor on social media for not wa- for not finishing this, so we can't talk about it fucking the way we want to. Hey, man, I just started watching it yesterday, and you know the reason why. I'm not going to explain it on the cast, but I was ha- I was I was hindered from watching this show for over. You should have fucking watched all eight episodes. Yesterday. I know, right? I, I should have just been <laughs> screw it. I tried eight to. Hours. I tried to. Or like, um, let us know sooner next time, and we know, can help right? you. Yeah. You've you've seen Lamplighter, Taylor? Uh, not yet. No, I haven't gotten to that point. I'm I'm on episode five. Um, so yeah. Can't Starting talk about anything. Yes, you came no, in that ahead. late. I mean, I know Lamplighter's in the season. That's not a spoiler for me. <laughs> Sean Ashmore is pretty fucking good as Lamplighter. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed. There's an episode where him and Huey kind of go on like an adventure together, and it's really fun awesome. um, yeah the boys season two tackled a lot of different things than they did in season one one of them being like like white nationalism kind of like what we're seeing in the country right now mm-hmm. yeah. um and they, i think they do it so well yeah yeah someone like homelander and the stormfront character mm-hmm. like they it's 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 really hard to talk about it without spoilers. No, and I mean, yeah. I, dude, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty apparent to me that like Stormfront is clearly like a Nazi or some kind of neo-Nazi like figure, fascist figure. So that's pretty apparent to me. Like, and she's a Nazi, all right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, and I'm pretty sure that I've gotten to the point where they hinted at that she's like 60 or 70 years old and not like. Sorry, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that maybe that's a spoiler, but that's just my interpretation of what I'm seeing so far. So I don't know if that's true, but you interpreted it correctly. Yeah, I mean it's it it becomes pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I would say by like episode three or four, what Stormfront is all about, which I think is actually like really interesting. The way that they like Homelander and Stormfront are very much like this the same sort of archetype, right? But they they handle those archetypes like in completely different ways. Where like one is this sort of like I guess neo-Nazi and Homelander is more of like this Ubermensch, like I am God, you know. But but they still have those same like, um, what am I th- like ideologies, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's something I'm really enjoying so far. Yeah, it's really funny to see like Homelander kind of being like the classic conservative, like a George Bush conservative, and yeah. then like, mm-hmm. and then like Stormfront's kind of the more like Trumpian. Mm-hmm. like yeah. troll you know yeah. what i mean like she's got like meme makers and shit mm-hmm. on her team like <laughs> no i thought that the scene where she where, where homelander's looking through all the memes and he's just getting pissed at her like it's just so perfect <laughs> yeah, yeah i love really... i love that they made that character a woman for this show mm-hmm. um i mean i loved the idea of it going into it not i didn't know much about the character um, but now having seen the whole season and where they go with it, I think it was really cool. Not cool because it's fucking awful. Well, but it's it was a it was, a, yeah, it was an interesting. <laughs> Shut up, Joel. <laughs> um, it was interesting to see a woman in that position because so often in the media and I think in real life as well, um, we're at least seeing people on the level that she gets to that are mostly male yeah so interesting to see like her being a female how she kind of almost got away with more um 
Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me. And I think Aya Cash did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the, without spoiling anything, the the twists and turns in her backstory that come. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting. And I, it, I'm interested to see what comes from that in the next season. And God, I wish I could talk about the finale. It's good stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. <sighs> yeah, they do a lot of stuff for Stormfront from the comics that I expected kind of ha- to happen earlier mm-hmm. and they kind of saved them all for the finale. So I was a little, <laughs> I was a little let down in that aspect. Um, but she was a great addition to the season. The season mm-hmm. is really good. Um, if you've ever wanted to hear Iceman say the word cuck, uh, <laughs> you're, 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 you're for a fucking treat. Uh, I just, man. they also drop a bomb right at the end of the season. Yeah. Season finale. That I'm very intrigued to see where they go with that. Yeah, Next they drop season. a lot of bombs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true, but one in particular had my jaw on the floor. So, yeah. um, I really didn't like the deep in season one, and he just fucking kills I it love in this season. Him in season yeah. two. He does. He's so good in this yeah. fucking season. It's ridiculous. Well, and see, I would make the argument that like you're not like you're. They actively like make you not like the deep in the first season right and so i think that that arc of redemption that he's sort of starting to have and at this point is like it's it's awesome but i'm not even talking about like i obviously know i'm supposed to not like him yeah. because yeah. of like what he does in the show of but course. i just didn't like him in general yeah i was like eh, yeah not for me mm-hmm. but then this season i'm like oh god the deep is fucking hilarious yeah. it's yeah. such a fun turn to see chase crawford do yeah. absolutely yeah. I will admit that the whole bit where he like takes the mushrooms or whatever and like it's Patton Oswalt in there. Like, I was like, of, of course, of course, it had to be Patton Oswalt. <laughs> so yeah. fucking good. Yeah. So, um, but good also stuff. recommend watching the after show once again. I know. Yeah, that's something I need to catch. I up haven't on seen well. a single episode of it. Yeah. Uh, look, we'll podcast next week after Taylor's seen it. Yeah. And then we can talk spoilers. We can just yeah, do we a, should, a boys recap. Right. We should just like I'll just like binge it for the rest of the day today and then tomorrow we can do like a special episode on the boys. I'm not a, I'm literally not opposed to that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um in terms of scheduling. But yeah, we'll definitely like make that happen because I wanna dig into this series with you guys once I'm caught up. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what did you watch, Taylor? Um I got a few things. A few things. Nothing pre two thousand since I'm trying to make Joel happy. Um, <laughs> although I do have to shout it out on on the podcast, recently watched uh, started rewatching the OC. Still great. Um, and anybody who doesn't think otherwise is doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's all a matter of personal taste. So um, been watching a lot of stuff on HBO Max. So the first thing okay. that that, uh, that my wife and I watched was uh, McMillions. Have you guys seen or heard about this? I didn't finish it, but I, I think I watched like half of it. Yeah. So this is essentially um, a documentary that's about the um, McDonald's Monopoly game scandal that happened in sort of right. the, yeah, the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. And it's basically all about uncovering how these guys were actually able to pull this off. And it was essentially this huge network of people. And one of the things, I don't know if you remember this this guy, there's this guy, Doug, right, Joel, and, and, and he works for the mm-hmm. FBI, and he's like this really, like, wild personality, and he was one of he's the reasons. He's such a weirdo. I loved him so much. I was like, dude, you could make a movie just on this guy, and it would be amazing. <laughs> 
and basically he, he like loves his job like way too way much. too much he's like <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, funny yeah. like it's pretty it's pretty hilarious um and basically what the the the, the starting point for for how they started to uncover this investigation is essentially they learned about it and then they they set up a, a quote unquote fake film crew which included this guy Doug and um they went around to all the winners and were doing like you know follow up uh, interviews as to po- like the 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 facade was oh tell us about how you won it step by step and this and that and tell us you know essentially how your life has changed afterward and it, they essentially used that information um, to learn, you know, more about essentially what this whole enterprise was doing. Um, really fascinating, really interesting. I think it's worth checking, like f- checking. I mean, you can pretty much binge this pretty easily in, in, oh, in less than a, a day. Yeah. It's only six it's episodes. It's really fun. Yeah. It's like I had always heard about the scandal, but I didn't really know anything about it. And like exactly. just learning. Yeah. Like the, it's like they... I mean, I think most corruption happens in this exact same way. It's like they just think they can't get caught. And like, mm-hmm. I like your fucking hubris is like insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it really shows like how stupid criminals really are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, but it's like how stupid criminals are. But like, especially in the case of this show, it, it was the thing that was surprising to me was like the the quote unquote human cost of it, where it's like uh-huh. all these people that were involved, like kind of got screwed over. And, and a lot of them were good people, you know, like they're good people who were either in a hard position or, um, you know, financially or whatever. They needed something in their life. And and. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to see like sort of the fallout that happened as uh, as a result of this, um, which I really never knew about. So, I would recommend that. Uh, I also finished. I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I started watching Hard Knocks um, and finally finished that as well. Have, have you seen this yet, Joel? Or no? I have not. I'm not. I'm a huge football fan. I don't really like sports, like documentaries. Even if it's on the Rams. I mean, I I'm. Is it over yet? Because like I'm definitely. Yeah planning on watching it at some point i just like yeah. if i'm not watching the sport itself i find myself like not really giving a shit about yeah. like i know the last dance is supposed to be amazing and like i still haven't watched it dude it's, um, it's so good i know it's i'll so get good. there at, at some point i'm gonna watch it but yeah. at this point no i haven't seen yeah. the hard knocks yet. so it's it's i would recommend it yeah i think you're gonna love it joel especially because yeah. it deals with the it's the rams and the chargers it's hard knocks los angeles so it kind of alternates between the two teams but um, I actually haven't watched Hard Knocks since about 2004 or 2005. And so, I mean, it's been like 15 years since I've watched this show. Um, and I just, I loved it. I mean, it's it's nothing groundbreaking. It's what they've been doing for the last 20 years with this series. But it's just really interesting, especially in terms of this year. Basically, it goes into a lot of like how the, uh, the, the, the league's dealing with the COVID protocols and how the players are dealing with that and how the teams are essentially yeah. restructuring the way that they have to operate on a day-to-day basis, both the front office and um, you know, the players themselves. And it also goes into the whole sort of um, you know, everything that happened over the summer in terms of like George Floyd and um, everything that happened in Wisconsin. Like Episode four literally wow. starts with Sean McVay watching the video of, um, gosh, what's his name? is Jacob Blake, I believe, um, mm-hmm. getting shot by the police officers and and wow. essentially how the teams deal with that, you know, they, there's literally footage of them in the locker room, like having these really, really hard conversations, you know, um, but it, it's just fascinating in that respect. And um, other than that, like it's still, you know, again, classic hard knocks, follow a lot of the rookies that are 
trying to make the team and not get cut as well as a few of the Van Jefferson. Yeah. A few of the people, uh, the stars on the team, like uh, there's a little segment they do on Aaron Donald, which is really fun. There's a little segment Dude. on Jared Goff, um, which is interesting. But I mean, in my opinion, like Jared Goff has like the personality of like, a, a, like a Triscuit or a Graham ca- cracker. Like he just, he just has <laughs> no, you, like, you can tell that they didn't really want to focus on him. He's a great quarterback, but like, He's just he has no personality. A fucking Triscuit. Yeah, I mean, like I'm trying to think of like the the, the, like, no, the most no, that was, boring no, that was, kind that was of perfect. like you know what I mean. He's um, not even like a salt and pepper Triscuit. Yeah. He's just like a regular fucking yeah. Triscuit. Like, it's like, not even a saltine, dude. It's just like the yeah. the most basic form of oh, you know. Oh my god, that is fucking thing. great. Um, uh, yeah, so, look, man, Rams are three and one right now. Jared Goff's doing all right. Okay, <laughs> no, he's he, actually he's having a great year, and and that's what I'm saying. Personality like, I, can suck all he wants. I like him as a football player. I just don't think he's a good personality to have on this show um right. nevertheless uh it's only five episodes so it's totally digestible you know 45 minute episodes um i would recommend and it is that on you... hbo max it is yeah um, question can i have your hbo max account uh we'll talk about that afterwards um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss joel so beyond that i also watched a movie called class action park uh did you guys hear about this at all it's a documentary i haven't even heard about this no oh, okay so do you guys remember that that movie um that came out a few years ago with johnny knoxville called action point yeah so it's about this this is okay so basically there was this theme park in the 80s called action park right and it was really notorious for people basically getting hurt like they literally had a water slide with a freaking loop in it and they were (laughs) like and and there's dude no i'm not even kidding there's there's one point where they talk about like you see the guy come they they go through the loop they go down the thing and you just hear him going tumbling around the loop because it's not safe it's not like they had engineers doing it It was just not it was just some asshole who had money and like got whoever he could to like i want to build this like taking an idea on a paper napkin you know a, yeah. just a, a sketch and like all right let's build it you know as a 30 actually... year old i would never attempt that no but send but send 16 year old joel to a yeah. water slide loop and i'd be like let's fucking do yeah. it no and you know and people would come they would go down the slide and then come out of the loop like literally with broken bones and lacerations and like just oh bruised God. and battered and like nobody cared so it's essentially about this 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 act this place called action park which ironically enough action point was based on action park but it doesn't really have like any of the characters that actually were there in that time right um but yeah it was it was just this crazy place i mean it was run by teenagers there was like alcohol there was no supervision on any of the uh the the rides or water slides like they they one half of the there was a, a highway that divides the park and one half was like a water park and the other half was like like a like a scandia type place with like go karts and like all this shit and it's like just all of the mayhem that happened and um, and i missed the 90s <laughs> this was in the 80s even dude and this is when like i know but i missed the 90s oh yeah totally and and this you know the, the uh, some of the people that were interviewed it's it's all people who either went there or worked there at one point and some of the people who were interviewed they were like okay bye you know and their parents would be like cool like go have fun just don't come back dead you know what i mean and it's funny how the mentality since then has changed but um my mom said that to me every morning before school i, I mean seriously like just go out and have fun just don't do anything stupid um, and of course we would do shit that's stupid, but, um, so stupid. I, you know, this documentary is really fun. Like it's basically just people recounting the stories. And then like the last like 15 minutes is all about sort of the fallout that happened. So yeah. I, I think that it's a little bit, um, like it could have, do actually, they finally get shut down for like hella violations? I, the, well, they, they call it class action park for a reason. Like there was <laughs> yeah. a ton of lawsuits, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, there was a lot of lawsuits and eventually, um, yes, the park did get shut down. 
Um, so again, point being is I thought it was fun. It's really breezy, but I also feel like they could have went way deeper into the sort of fallout that happens as a result of that. But nevertheless, like totally worth watching. Um, beyond that, I watched a movie called Unpregnant. Um, this is also HBO Max movie. Really, really interesting. And it's, it's essentially like trying to tackle abortion, but in a way that's actually like modern and, and really interesting. Right. So it's, the movie's not about whether like this person should like the ethics of getting an abortion or the whole right. like political discussion we'll call it around you know um, abortion and women's rights. It's basically this girl gets pregnant, she decides she needs to get an abortion, but the only place she can do it is like she basically has to take a road trip to get an abortion because she lives in a red state. Um, yeah. And and I really appreciated that it wasn't about the ethics of it; it was more so. This is what I'm doing. This is my choice as a woman. And the movie is really about like this friendship, right? It's between these two people that go on this road trip. So, you know, again, not anything groundbreaking in terms of, you know, the plot or the the genre, but I still thought that it was really refreshing um, in terms of what they were trying to do with the story. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, uh, the answer is it's none of your fucking business if someone gets an abortion. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> and and yeah, so I just, you know, I I, I thought that was just really nice. Like it, it's it's again, it's not an amazing movie, but it's um, it's it's is it's it, good. So is it just kind of showcasing more of the process of kind of what the hurdles she had to go through? to get it Uh, as opposed to like right or wrong yeah i think it's a little bit more about like look how hard it is for this person to get an abortion as opposed to like um you know again like the ethics or whatever like like she lives in like miss like a like a deep you know middle america red state and she essentially has to like go to new mexico uh, to get this abortion and there's like you know oh we have to the whole idea is like oh um and and she's also doing it without her parents knowing too um mm-hmm. so there's you know the whole religious aspect of that too um and yeah so i don't know i just i just thought it was refreshing in that way um and definitely worth checking out so and i think that's it the other things that i have i believe we already talked about so joel what do you got um look i feel like i'm always the one who has to be like we got to move on uh <laughs> i watched the boy season two it was really good yeah. um Aya cash is look i want to say it's it's tough because I think she did a great job, but that could just be because I love her from You're the Worst. Yeah. Um, like I, I hadn't f- seen her in anything else, and I say she did a good job. I think she so. did good, as well. Good. Yeah. And <laughs> I can to totally me, see it, what you're saying with the You're the Worst thing now, too. Like she's, It you just kind of seemed like she was like Nazi Gretchen, and it's like yeah. there are those actors who can't not be themselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're not doing a good job. Yeah. Like I feel like until – dallas buyers club like matthew mcconaughey was just like matthew mcconaughey like no matter what role mm-hmm. he was in yeah um you know and so there are actors like that and i kind of felt like that with her sometimes like oh this is just like gretchen from you're the worst with superpowers um but it's good to hear that other people are saying that she did a good job maybe i'm biased because i've seen you're the worst a thousand no, times so, so all i see is her it's funny <laughs> because i haven't seen you're the worst yet which i know joel i still need to watch it but based on everything you've said I about quit. it i literally i literally like saw her and i was like oh yeah she's the chick from you're the worst like and yeah. and again like you could see that that sort of personality that she has and and that shows like very cynical obviously like you said so it's like that yeah. cynical um sassy approach to things but I think it worked for this show. And like that's ultimately like 
even if you typecast someone, like if it's good casting, is good casting, you know. And oh, I for think sure. it was yeah, definitely yeah. good casting. So I wouldn't have it any other way. I yeah. love that she's in the show. I love that she's doing other things that are, you know, she's been in some small indie stuff. Um, it's cool that she's on a bigger stage now. Um, yeah. I think she'll probably end up in season three, one way or another. Um, not to spoil anything, I think it'll happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, the cast is on that is everybody does a good job Mm -hmm. yeah Um, we got to see a lot more of queen Maeve this season we get to see Mm -hmm. a lot more about her background her backstory yeah um there's a lot of uh we do get some fallout from the plane scene in season one which is super cool Mm -hmm. um i won't say what it is for taylor um but basically when you do something there are consequences for it and i think everybody this season I think that's I think that's true for every single person. Yeah. This yeah. season there's not someone who doesn't get away with something. Yeah. Um whether it's Frenchie, maybe Mother's Milk he comes out pretty clean, yeah. I think. But he's still got those overall issues of like trying to get back to his family and stuff. I just yeah, want to yeah, throw yeah. a shout out to Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk because he is fucking incredible in this show. Oh, and and so I, good. I feel like this show, the, the cast is so stacked that like sometimes he can sort of get a little bit of a short shrift. So yeah. Yeah. Laz Alonzo is my boy. But there's like, I, I don't know if you've seen the Frenchie episode yet, Taylor, because I think that goes with the Lamplighter episode. So I don't think yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, it does. But like, like he, like he's done things that come back to haunt. Like every yeah. single person in this yeah. fucking season, like has to answer for something that they've done, which is um, yeah, compelling. And it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's compelling. Oh, 100%. It's really. I also cool. really like that we actually got to see a lot more of Black Noir mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in this season, yeah. and also um, Kamiko's yeah. arc mm-hmm. and the way she ends the season. Mm-hmm. I freaking love like seeing her kick but so much this season is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely. we find out she has a new power too at the end of the season which is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's pretty fucking wild. Um, it is. The boys are growing stronger <laughs> season by season. More like the girls on Yeah, the exa- seriously, show. right? <laughs> yeah. Um so speaking of you're the worst, uh Desmond Borges, I think, is how you say his name. Uh, he plays Edgar in, in You're the Worst. He's in this little Amazon Prime show called Utopia. Mm. Um, talked about a stacked cast. It's got Rain Wilson, John Cusack. Um, the show is about a comic book that had predicted plagues of past. And then they discover that there is a sequel to the comic that no one had ever uh discovered hmm. and they try to depict the uh i don't know they they try to decipher it and see what's coming next and they're like basically battling like an evil big pharma company um and it, it i with a with a cast like that um how could it be bad um yeah. it's a, it's only got a 6.5 on amazon so apparently some people thought it was bad um but I loved it. There's action. There's, I mean, humor, especially with Edgar from You're the Worst. He's super funny. Um, there's a child actor, and so you might be trepidatious about that, but he fucking kills it. Um, everybody in the show is just re- really, really good. Um, I would love to see what happens in season two, so if everybody can just go and watch it, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, just go check it out. I think Lauren's frozen. Are you frozen, Lauren? Oh. Yeah. Oh no. 
I think she's frozen. I, no, I was looking. Oh, okay, I know, but go. we now we can hear you. Yeah. You were like, you like took a sip of that beer, and and I was like, man, she's either frozen or she's fucking chugging right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't freeze for me though. That's oh, so weird. weird. Anyway, yeah, no, it's so it's a great show. John Cusack plays. I uh, fuck it. John Cusack plays a bad guy, which is mm-hmm. like pretty rare for him. Yeah. Um, it's like a minor spoiler, but like. It's not really because, like, yeah. the first second you hear him talk, you're like, that guy's got something fucking wrong with him. Yeah. Um, great show. I had a really good time. I watched it all in like a weekend. Um, there's eight episodes. Mm. Nice. Super cool. I think that's all I've watched. I've been watching football, obviously. Yeah. Um, the Rams, like I said, are three and one. Hell yeah. Mm. Um, I, I'm watching Love Island Australia, which is different oh, from God. the regular Love of Island. Of course you are. Um, oh I look. I've been friends with Paul Todd for uh, <laughs> over ten years now, mm-hmm. um, and his Australian accent has never bothered me. But watching Love Island Australia, I thought they are so annoying. <laughs> I like can't ha- I can't handle it. Uh, and yet you still watch it. What else am I gonna do when I'm high <laughs> at midnight? Yeah. Come on, Love Island, man. It's are you going to watch it. The Bachelorette next, Joel? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I only started watching Love Island because someone told me to watch Bachelor in Paradise. And yeah. I was like, I like tried and I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't handle this. <laughs> and I then someone, can't. I was like, I can't. And then someone was like, well, maybe you'd like Love Island instead. And I totally do. Oh, too funny. <laughs> I can't describe the differences because I don't really remember what I didn't like about Bachelor in Paradise. I just didn't like it. Like, I don't know if they tried to make it more of like a game show. I, I don't know. I don't fucking remember. I just maybe it was just the personalities on like the Bachelor in Paradise season that I tried to watch. I was like, not for me, not for yeah. me. Yeah. Definitely. Let's move on to news though, because that was probably yeah. the longest what Indeed. we've been watching of all time. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is, let's just stick with Amazon Prime. There's some news there. Yeah. Um, Borat two mm. secretly filmed coming out yes. this month. Yeah. How did you guys like that trailer? I laughed out loud multiple yeah, times. Mm-hmm. I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. We uh we we watched it all t- together on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, we kind of experienced that at the same time. Yeah. Uh I I saw Borat way after it came out cuz I knew I had to get in on that zeitgeist of that. Eventually. I was just going to say zeitgeist. <laughs> um, uh and I, it was fine, but this man, this trailer for the sequel looks so funny. It looks so ridiculous and so good. I'm like actually excited for this movie. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I don't know if anybody else, maybe Seth Rogen, but I don't know if anybody else could get me excited for just like stupid, like this, like this brand of humor is like yeah. so dumb, but for some reason. I love it so much. Yeah. I think because it is dumb, but it's also, it's so smart in its dumbness. Yeah. Because sure. Sasha is a hundred percent aware yeah. of what he's doing and mm-hmm. he's doing it to get the, the stupidity, the yeah. genuine stupidity out of other people. Totally. Yeah. And and that's why I think like the sequel is actually like, it's more timely than ever is because, you know, yeah. you have a lot of, stupid americans right you now? really do i mean they've proved like people have proven that like there's a lot of stupid people in this country unfortunately and 
I think you know. Hopefully, if anything, this this um, this movie can help. Not necessarily those people, but people in general, like just realize like the absurdity kind of of the situation that we're going through in certain respects. Um, you know, but I, I mean, it's just so, so you don't have to be coy. This is a clearly well, no, leftist just, podcast. Well, it's not, it's not just, it's not just that. Like it's, it's, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's, again, it's, it's timely. I think it's going to make a lot of interesting points that hopefully people on both sides will realize like how kind of silly, um, the situation is to, in, again, in certain respects, because like, I don't want to treat it as if like, it's, like what we're going through is one big joke. Because it obviously isn't like this, you know, this election and everything that's going on right now politically like has has serious serious consequences for the future of this country. But at the same time, being able to recognize that and and like laugh a little bit at the absurdity of like some of the people's views in this country, Michael um, Panis is is. <laughs> I mean, that sums it up right there. And you know, so um, good. like I think I think for me personally, I haven't seen. Borat in probably like 10 years at least i mean i think Sad. it came out in 2006 so it's it's yeah it's been at least 10 years and all i have to say to the sequel is very nice very nice <laughs> what's the joke in the trailer where is it where he, does he ask them like what's the biggest threat to the country and yeah. they're like democrats yeah like, he's like Jesus yeah Christ. he's like is the he virus said, what's bigger yeah, yeah. Oh, the virus. What's the bigger yeah. threat, the virus, yeah. or <laughs> He's like, Democrats. Democrats. It's like, shut the fuck up. That's uh, so too funny. Much, too much. Is yeah. it? So I have a question, and you might know this answer, Taylor. Is this, is it all like a film? Like, is it all like narrative? Or like, are some of these kind of like, because I know he does a lot of like interviews with people. Yeah to get footage mm-hmm. but there's like no way that people don't know who borat is at this point right well, so like, and i this is this all has to be like scripted right yeah i think to a certain respect like i, I mean they definitely showed moments and there where they're like oh borat borat like the people like yeah. like recognizing him <laughs> he's like it's not me yeah and he's like having <laughs> to do these stupid disguises and stuff which is which is kind of hilarious but i think that I mean, if people like the 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 quote unquote conservatives that he interviews or or deals with in the in the thing are that like um, inept about like the 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 cultural impact of Borat, like I, the point I'm making is if they're inept about the things that are going on in this country right now, they're definitely going to be inept about like what that character is and whether it's actually truthful, uh, which yeah. clearly it isn't. You know, it's a parody. Um, right. but yeah, I, I think, I think there's certain moments where it definitely will be genuine. Like the, the whole conservative or the, the Democrat thing is def that's definitely a genuine answer. But I think there's that mix <laughs> of like, um, people who are aware of going on, uh, what's going on in the movie and people who are completely just unaware of what's happening. Yeah. And I mean, you do see in the trailer that he does don other disguises. Mm-hmm. So like I'm fat sure... American. Yeah, I'm sure that in those instances, mm-hmm. at least, I I doubt that's scripted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'm definitely. So fucking excited. So. Yeah. Do we have a date for that yet? And by do we have a date, I mean I'm googling um, it right now. October twenty third. October, yeah. Twenty like third. It says yeah. here. Yeah. So a couple. Very weeks. excited. Yep. Very excited. Yeah, and I mean it's kind of crazy, like how fast this movie. I, I don't know when they, how long he's been working on this project, but like basically Collider announced it like only a couple weeks ago, and then a couple days after that they're like, "Yo, here's the release date in the same month." Crazy. Yeah. So we'll see how I, it plays I mean, out. And you know. It has to have come together pretty quick because, like we said, they're talking about COVID in right the trailer. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, so it's had to have been since March at least. Yeah, and yeah. I, like I mean, it's it's definitely possible. I don't know if you guys heard about that new Alex Gibney documentary that um that's coming out. It's called Totally Under Control, and it's basically about how we completely failed in in handling the response to the virus. And I mean, it was and by it was, we we mean Trump. Yeah, well, and it's yeah. uh, we as a country, but yes, the administration yeah. completely failed at handling this virus. But I mean, it that that proves that like you know they they can essentially make something like that in quarantine situation like we've been in and still be able to release it you know even six months out of down the road so yeah i mean i am interest a little bit interested in in this borat thing uh because you know he is very much in, in person with some people during covid yeah so i'm interested to see where that goes but also i'm sure some of what we've seen in the trailer is definitely pre-covid oh yeah as yeah, well yeah definitely sweet moving on um I have to, I have to talk about this, and it can be as short as we want. Um, Tom DeLonge is directing a movie <laughs> called Monsters of California, and it's just about it's like a coming of age tale about kids hunting like paranormal shit. So like, it's his dude. autobiography film. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's just like the most Tom DeLonge thing what I've a, ever fucking heard in my entire life. Joel, I wonder my, if they're gonna go to Area Fifty One. I fucking hope so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Joel, my question for you is how do we get on this movie and what do we need to do to make that happen? <laughs> I told I told Lauren, I was like, I've had an experience with Tom DeLonge before. Is he going to recount that in the movie and do I get a cameo? And do I get a cameo? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The fun. answer is pr- probably no. <laughs> uh, definitely. Maybe there have... was a different interaction, but... <laughs> We you don't probably remember any... that more than he does. Right. Uh, I don't know. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, <laughs> we we don't know anything else about it. Um, I just had. I just. I fucking had to bring it up. I will. I will watch it. It will probably be bad. Yeah. Uh, and then we will laugh about it on the podcast. Yeah. It's like when Fred Durst tried to become a director. Remember that? I don't. Oh, yeah, I fucking do. I. Tr- <laughs> I mean, I tried. Fanatic. Did you, did you guys ever watch a fanatic or no? No, that's no. the one with like John Travolta, where he's like a weird guy and he's chasing Devin Sawa. Yeah, he's like the Fred Durst of the movie, basically. Like he's Super this like no. he's like this rock star guy. And I dude, I turned the movie off in fifteen minutes. I, I forgot like, this about is that. Terrible. Uh, Lauren watched The Gentleman, mm. and I did. Guy Ritchie has said that they're gonna turn the series via uh, Miramax is actually mm. producing it. They're mm. gonna make a TV series out of the show. Which is cool. I, I mean, the end is definitely open ended for a sequel. Yeah. Um, a TV series is cool. I think if Guy Ritchie directs it, you know, yeah. like yeah. it was good because of him because it was a Guy Ritchie movie. I would say at the very least, he needs to be like pretty heavily involved with the writing of it. If other people direct yeah. it, like you yeah. can still get that Guy Ritchie style like through the yeah. writing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, I wonder for- if it'll be a full series or a mini series. Right. I imagine something where it's like probably five or uh, six to eight episodes. Like I don't, I don't see it being any. Like that's just you're stretching out the concept like too thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. for me, Agreed. what would be cool is like so. For instance, like you have the first season or um, whatever be sort of like the movie where it deals within like sort of the medical marijuana um, right. industry and boom. But to have every season be that sort of style, but with like a different drug industry, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you could get in the ecstasy or even, I mean, cocaine's kind of been done in some of his movies. Like um, I know he didn't, uh, he didn't direct layer cake, but you know, that movies like that, that have sort of dug into that a little bit. 
Um, but essentially exploring different aspects of the drug trade, like that would be something that's for me that's that would interesting be cool. that could sort of give it um, a little bit of a flair as opposed to just being a copy of the movie. Do we yeah. think that these actors will come back for a television show? If Richie's involved, yes. Sweet. Because they're all Richie people, you know, Charlie Hunnam, yeah. Hugh Grant. Like these are all people that are, you know, part of his sort of uh, inner circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think I'm going to talk about the only non-superhero thing, because the rest of the news I have here is all superhero stuff. Surprise, um, surprise. Glow got canceled oh, because of coronavirus. Oh, sad. Apparently, right? Yeah, it's odd that they wouldn't just push it. That's what confuses me, because I know for a fact that I'm pretty sure they'd already filmed at least some of episode one. At the very least, they were literally about to when this started because I know people who are involved in it. So I'm surprised that they would just throw it away (laughs) and not just push it. Like, I think everyone would be very understanding if we didn't get glow for another year or two. Um, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So I have a theory. Um, and I'm not sure if this is exactly true, but I it, like Netflix has basically been inking like a lot of these like overall deals with people like Ryan Murphy, you know, who I think the most recent he, thing he did, actually did for Netflix was Ratchet um, yeah. or or Benioff and Weiss who have like this, you know, two billion dollar, you know, Boo. thing with Netflix or whatever. I think what's happening is that they're essentially having to cancel a lot of these smaller shows that aren't involved with those creatives to essentially be able to fulfill those projects and those contracts with people because like again i don't know how true this is but i saw someone tweeting like glow got canceled so ryan murphy can like make his next like hundred million dollar piece of crap you know like no offense but a lot of the stuff he makes is is very like meh like hollywood you know or even ratchet which i only watched the first episode of but I, i watched it and i was like there's nothing here that necessarily like really draws me out of you you know at least in terms of the premise like the the storytelling like you said could be very well executed but with something like glow i just feel like that's just such a unique premise and such a unique story that that netflix had built up in terms of audience and they also had the documentary which was on there before Mm -hmm. which you know obviously inspired the show so i just it's just such a weird move you know what i mean Right. Remember when we lived at Baird and there was that lady on the top floor who fucking used to be a glow wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. It was what's his name's mom she or whatever, was crazy. right? Crazy. Yeah. Oh wow. Um but I mean just that makes sense to some degree what you were saying, Taylor. However, we already knew that this was the last season for Glow. Mm-hmm. So why not finish that out? Yeah. Yeah. Mark I Marin mean, has gone online and like asked to like complete it with like a two hour movie. Which, um, it's a, it's that would be nice. Decent compromise, you know. I yeah. think we'll. I think we'll get something. I hope so. I yeah. just it, it it has such a good fan base as well. So it's like, like I said, it doesn't make sense that yeah. in the last season they would cut it. There's other things that yeah. you know are open for for multiple seasons on their roster that the that would have made more sense for them to cut instead of yeah. something that we already knew was ending. Oh, totally. for sure. And I, I, to, to be fair though, Lauren, I think part of the psychology, like that might actually be part of the psychology, right? Like, so we, first of all, we don't know. Netflix doesn't tell anybody what the numbers are on their, on their show. So for all we know, I like, can, I, I can find out. Really? Okay. 
Yeah. Um, point being is that we don't really know the true viewership of 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 Netflix's numbers. What we do know is that the things that are popular they keep renewing, and the things that aren't that become less popular they cancel. So you know, ratings could even though it has a strong fan base, like there's a big difference between 10 million people watching a season of of TV and like a million or two million people. That doesn't mean that fan base isn't still very excited about that thing, but you know, maybe from their perspective, again, it was that opportunity of like, well, we know the show's going to end. The numbers are going down. Why would we spend all this money on this thing when we can put it into a new thing that it's that's going to entice like you know new subscribers and dim, different demographics? I'm not saying that's a good mentality to have, which I actually yeah. kind of disagree with that mentality. But I still think that that there was that was might have been part of the thought process with this. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get some kind of closure for Glow, even if it's not another season, you know? Like, just because they canceled it doesn't mean they can't uncancel it. Um, yeah. Yeah, crazier things have happened. I know they're doing, um, like, an Instagram Live either today or tomorrow. Um, so maybe that'll help, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. Or, or for even, something, I don't know. Even in a even in a kind of a crazy scenario, it'd be nice to see someone else pick up the final season, you know, and at least oh, that'd be series. crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because Netflix is usually the one who's doing that, you know, yeah. with Cobra Kai or you know, there's a lot of examples like that. So. Hulu we'll might though. That's, That's what funny. I'm saying. Like that that, that show kind of feels like a fit for Hulu. So yeah, never know. I guess okay. Moving on to like superhero shit. Really, mm-hmm. um, we'll start with the least important uh, Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes! Green Lantern's gonna have a show on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna be about one Green Lantern. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be about the core. I think that's um, a great idea. Yeah, so I don't know. We haven't gotten anything since the Ryan Reynolds disaster. Um, <laughs> don't you mean masterpiece, Joel? Sure, that's how that's uh, how Blake Lively <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds met. Okay, so some good did come out of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a pretty movie. smart idea. I think a lot of things are suited better for television yeah. and not some giant blockbuster movie. And I think the Green Lantern Corps could definitely be one of those things. Um, yeah. yeah. It also, was surprising to me because it was a couple of years ago now at Comic-Con uh, in the, the WB panel. Remember they had the infographic? With all the like upcoming things, and Green Lantern was in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was that green. So I'm, was... I'm surprised that they're making that shift to TV. But I do agree that I think that's a better fit for oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of those things where this was probably meant to be, or intended originally to be a movie in that slate, because I think it was going to be called Green Lantern Corps. You know what I mean? And Jeff yeah. Johns was going to be involved in all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more that like trying to pack the whole mythos and complexity of the lanterns and and especially in recent years i mean the last 20 years they've gotten really crazy with the whole green lantern sort of universe if you will um and tv is definitely a perfect way to do that um i do like the idea of having multiple lanterns you know what i mean like that's that's really neat because part of the fun of the Green Lantern comics with the, again I haven't read a ton of them but from what I've read part of the fun is like the interaction between all the different lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um also fun fact Taika Waititi in Green Lantern as Ryan Reynolds' <gasps> best friend and most people do not remember that. That's right. Yep. 
As a yeah, human character? He, yeah, he has a big fro. He's the guy with the, he has a big fro in the movie. He has got like his wow. his hair. Yeah. Yeah. To be <laughs> fair, I've never seen it. You, uh, you go back and you're watching, you're like, holy shit, that is totally Taika Waititi. <laughs> that explains, that to me explains the connection of him being in uh, Ryan's new movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, which, um, yes, he plays like a corporate guy, I think. Like yeah. some sort of villain, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this. Um, mm. it, yeah, I, look, if they're not going to put it in any, there are Green Lantern fans that, out there. They exist. And if you're not going to put it into the DCEU, you know, like, you you got to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to flesh out the core and the characters over a long period of time on a TV series is a better idea than, like, making a movie like here's a ring mm-hmm. and it does things and people are like what yeah and like trying totally. to do that in like an hour and a half is probably tough no it's <laughs> very very difficult and you know more so than that like i like the idea of like because the idea behind the green lantern Corps, as far as they told us was like it's essentially a buddy cop movie in space like and i think that's something yeah. that's like really really cool and still could translate almost even better to television than in a movie so yeah um, could be interesting beautiful moving on um to something much, 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 much cooler. Uh, the WandaVision trailer dropped. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. I told you guys it was going to be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, pretty cool. I feel like at this point, I don't I don't think any, unless you're like, I'm not into the old-timey black and white movies, you know, <laughs> type of mentality. Like, I don't think I've heard anyone be like, this is not my, like, there's a lot of people who are like, this is really freaking cool and really interesting and different, so... Um, yeah i mean just when it was first announced everyone was like what the hell why are we getting this but yeah. i called it yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah i, mean, I have theories man it's like the so it's it starts out with like them having like dinner mm-hmm. and they can't answer like basic questions about yeah. where they're from or who they are it's like it's very much like leave it to beaver like that's 50s sort of you know yeah um what do you call it uh show type i guess yeah sitcom exactly thank you yeah Yeah. but it's like they can't answer these basic questions and then i mean like and like to fake people and then directly following that in the trailer they go to like a new fake created universe um and i'm wondering if it has to do with like uh like wanda's inability to like create a perfect world where they won't be found out and they have to keep jumping you know what i mean like she she creates these universes yeah but obviously they're not perfect you know and i wonder if the rest of the show or like the rest of the show the whole show is going to be about like them trying to i guess hide is the right word like hide in these universes without being like found out by whoever the fuck she creates within them i don't know like the Catherine hahn character like tells vision that he's dead right like Mm -hmm there's some sort of self-awareness to these people within the universes that she's creating. Yeah. I wonder if it's also like a matter of how long she can sustain them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As well. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of interesting little tidbits, you know, in the trailer. I mean, you have the whole uh, moment where they essentially, um, show Monica Rambeau who was, um, you know, uh, 
in Captain Marvel, and now they've essentially recast her as an older version of herself, which makes sense. But you know, for me, if if it it for me, it felt like she's almost like because when they announced the show, they said essentially it's going to be like fifty fifty, right? Like fifty percent this sort of like black and white, leave it to Beaver sort of fifties vibe, and then fifty percent is like sort of the continuation of everything after Endgame and sort of the fallout and all of that, you know, modern day stuff, if you will. And so for me, it felt like almost like she's being, it, it felt like she's being like held at, at captive somehow, like at some sort of facility or mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, maybe she's um, essentially like, like a prisoner of some sort, like in this, in, in this world that she's created. So especially with, with vision being dead and then he's around in the, um, in, in the black and white stuff. And it, it, it almost feels like he's like sort of a manifestation of Scarlet Witch herself. Um, so again, you know, this is me just spitballing yeah. and, and kind of guessing based on what I saw in the trailer, but that's sort of the vibe that I got. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Bro, if you yeah, want to go to Spitball wonder, City. <laughs> I wonder if um, if it is, you know, kind of along the lines that you're saying, Taylor, if those moments of, you know, other people finding them out in a sense mm-hmm. are right. her coming to and then whoever's yeah. holding her captive kind of puts her back under and mm-hmm. we switch realities. I don't interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. So that's kind of the vibe that, that I took from it. But, you know, again, it's tough to say because it was only a minute and 20 right. second trailer. Yeah, definitely. It's a teaser. <laughs> Look, you know, it's a teaser. Every, yeah. everybody is talking about the first appearance of the first mutant. When are we going to get it? When are we going to see it? How mm-hmm. are they going to come? Who's it going to be? And I think... And this is just going to Spitball City, bro. Um, it'll tie into the next topic we talk about, too. So um, I think maybe it could be Beast, man. Um, they got that, They got that like, military slash medical facility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're, if they're holding Wanda or if maybe yeah. they're trying to uh control her right maybe what she's doing is like harming the real world and so they're trying to uh stop it you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah but who who is a smart scientist uh just just a little dude named hank um the beast himself yeah. uh i think it would be super cool if maybe Look, there's got to be a first appearance of a mutant somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to just get an X-Men movie. So, yeah. right, like, just like, sh- here they are. Yeah. Um, so at some, like, there are rumors of Wolverine being in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, there are there are rumors everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool to get Beast uh, up in here being some kind of a scientist. You know, maybe he's not Beast yet. He's just Hank McCoy, just this little scientist man. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> little scientist man <laughs> yeah. um yeah i mean i think that would definitely be cool personally i feel like that would be more maybe more appropriate in something like um uh and we'll talk about it in a little bit but like spider-man 3 you know with yeah. what the direction they're going in terms of like too many people in that movie yeah we'll see <laughs> um but it, i do think it's important to note that randall park um uh, makes an appearance in this and he does play an fbi agent and ant man and the wasp the guy who's yeah, like that's sort true. of comedic relief so you know, having an FBI agent involved in in this story kind of tells me that there is that sort of governmental um, control aspect of it all. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole show can't be sitcom. No, you know what I mean? No. So yeah. we're gonna yeah. get like 
intense fucking storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to get down and dirty at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, though. At this point, I think WandaVision is going to be the first thing we're going to see from Disney Plus MCU stuff. So it's kind of funny how that's been reshuffled in that way. I mean, is it or are they going to still because obviously they all impact each other, mm-hmm. right? So are they just going to push it until they can release other things? Well, right right now... and Like, you can't I mean, change the timeline. It's it's Wikipedia, so, I mean, who knows how accurate it is, but <laughs> right now it's saying December 2020. And I do know that yeah. they kind of reshuffled Interesting. stuff. So, I mean, you know, WandaVision may be the one of those rare cases where it's like, it doesn't necessarily oh, impact the timeline. Like, for instance, if this movie takes place, like, during Endgame, when she was... It's supposed um, to tie in directly with uh the multiverse of madness though right I, that's what they were saying that's what they were saying so i'm not sure um especially with the whole you know um, news that we're going to talk about later it's going to be interesting but, to see how that plays out but it's always been slated before multiverse so yes right but, but falcon and the Winter soldier is supposed to come out first and i so think like, yeah I, I feel like i feel like the distinction here is that like the disney shows impact the movies that come afterwards but each show doesn't necessarily impact, impact each like other. another mm-hmm. show. So I think right. that might be the logic. Yeah. For sure. I just want to see Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Oh, also, Deborah Jo Rupp. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. How much better freaking casting Kitty. can you have? Deborah Jo Rupp for life. Uh, also, I have a video on this on YouTube. So go check that out. Mm, I'm the only yeah. nerd. I do a little reaction to it. I get a little fanboy e. Um, tying this in. Sam Jackson has been confirmed for his own Disney Plus television show. Yeah. And I'm going to say that it's Agents of Sword because we saw sense. him at the end of Captain Marvel on the ship in space. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is over. Agents of Sword is the next obvious guess. Who's a part of Sword? Abigail Brand. Who's friends with Abigail Brand? Beast. <laughs> Look, I'm it's just making together. I'm just making huge nerd connections. <laughs> yeah. I'd Six. put like I wouldn't put a lot of money on this, but this is the kind of bet where like you go to Vegas, you put one dollar on this, but you win like four thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the odds are so high. Yeah, the odds yeah. are so high. But I think it makes perfect sense, guys. Like, come yeah. on. I think it's yeah, definitely the most logical. Mm-hmm conclusion thus yeah. far we're gonna play we're every episode we're gonna play the six degrees of beast in the mcu like how <laughs> long will it take for us to get to the x-men does know, that mutant? mean that kevin bacon is gonna be cast as beast no that would be weird <laughs> that'd be really weird absolutely not <laughs> uh, uh i mean look it's not gonna be an origin story the de-aging technology is not that good yeah. um yeah. It was kind of awkward in Miss Marvel, not Miss Marvel. We'll get to that, though, in (laughs) Captain Marvel. Um, So it's got to be something happening right now. It has to be something. It's either post-Endgame or, you know, happening at the same time, at least. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see, like, the fallout from the snap and uh, Mm -hmm. or the blip, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm saying I'm saying I would put. Look, on my whole giant theory, I'd put like a dollar. But on like Agents of Sword, I would put like a like fifty couple, at least. Like a couple hundo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I w- I would say that's pretty like feasible. Pretty logical. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh I mentioned I don't I got two things I want to talk about. Um look, we just talked about some things being pushed. So we'll we'll 
talk about that. Yeah. Um, Falcon and the Soldier's getting pushed. All these things are getting pushed. No Time to Die got pushed. Yep. The Batman got pushed to 2022. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Dune, which is Dune the most sad moved, thing. Which we talked about. So did Dune. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is ruining everything. Yeah. I mean, um, if we're gonna go there, Broadway just got pushed back as well. Yeah, for for, for yep, and and um, even uh, Soul, which is Pixar's new movie, is was announced yeah. uh, like a day or two ago that that's going straight to Disney Plus, no subscription model. Which, ironically oh, enough, wow. proves that Mulan, um, that the whole strategy they were trying there was like just probably a complete failure. Because if that worked, then they would definitely be doing it again. By the way, I forgot yeah. to mention, I did watch Mulan, so that's one of the things I forgot to mention on what we've been watching. Mm. Too bad. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, it sucks. We're going to, like, things like No Time to Die and things like The Batman, like, yeah, it sucks. We're going to have to wait longer to see them. But when you have, like, a connected cinematic universe, mm-hmm. you know, like, we can't get certain things before certain things. So, like, we're going to have to wait longer for yeah. more MCU stuff, just yeah. Be, yeah. just based on the fact that like you can't release something before another thing that you've planned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny. I read uh, somewhere that and it means totally true is that this is the first year since 2009 that we haven't gotten an entry in the MCU. I was of some just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's very, so it's very um, depressing. I mean, but at the same time, like it, it actually might be a good thing, right? Like you have the ability to rework things, make things better, really get the script solid. But then... I, I disagree, and I'm going to talk about that when we talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I just... For, <laughs> but beyond that, I feel like with the MCU, there might be not necessarily burnout, but I think... I guess what I'm saying is I think it could play in their favor if things get pushed because people's excitement is going to have more time to build, and then there's going to be a real uh, sort of yearning for people to to seek these things out when, when they can actually see them. So that may not end up, end up being the case, but it might be a good thing that we're sort of getting a little bit of a break from the MCU um, on a yearly basis. I completely disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> that's what I we're need here for. it all. <laughs> and I need it now. Well, no, believe me, I, dude, I, there's, I want it as soon as possible too, but you yeah. know, yeah. sometimes things you don't want can be good for you. <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the main topic, Ms. Marvel has been cast. And you know what? Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, actually. But let's talk mm-hmm. about Ms. Yeah. Marvel first uh, yeah. because it's com- it's a complete newcomer. She's never been in anything before. Her first on-screen appearance, Iman Vanali? Vel- Velani? Um, yeah, Velani, I believe is how you... Literally not been in anything before. This is pretty fucking huge, I would say, for a teenage girl to be cast... In it's a, a lot giant of pressure. Marvel property. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, it is. I haven't played the Marvel Avengers game yet, but Ms. Marvel was a big character in that. Um, they're yes. definitely they're definitely setting the stage for this to be maybe she's the leader of the new Avengers. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, or the young Avengers. Um, yeah. But they're definitely putting a lot of stock in Kamala Khan right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um I think go ahead. it's really exciting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think what's really good too is it's not just like Marvel is has really led the way in terms of this, especially after the whole Ike Perlmutter era and and everything that happened, you know, um, sort of in phase two with the MCU. But ever since that happened, they've been really putting an emphasis on like telling authentic stories and having filmmakers that have that experience to tell that story in terms of you mm-hmm. know racially, ethnically, like. 
um, fuck, what's his name that's doing uh, Shang-Chi, um, De- Destin yeah. Daniel Crinton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actually hiring an Asian-American filmmaker to tackle Asian-American issues. Um, in this one, I believe it's um, the, the, the guys who did uh, Bad Boys for Life, uh, Adil yep. El Arabi and Bilal Falai, I believe is how you pronounce their names. Um, and so it's just really encouraging to see that they're taking that extra step to ensure that these um, that these stories are uh, accurate in terms of portraying that ethnic experience, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we saw how well that worked with Black Panther yep. Yep. in the MCU. Yep. And I I think, like you said, I think it's really a smart choice. And hopefully it helps pave the way, the way for other people to do the same more often. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's really cool about this, too, is that you have two female filmmakers who are going to direct slash... Um, uh, show run if you will so so that's really encouraging mm-hmm. as well it's just bringing all those different aspects into it and i believe one of them is actually an oscar winner of some kind i'm not sure in what mm. respect but that's exciting so damn yeah yeah uh we don't know much else about it but that's exciting news for mm-hmm. us and for her as well yeah, yeah. um she hulk was also cast though tatiana uh Mas- maslani yeah, um, I, mm-hmm. I never watched Orphan Black, but she's in it. She's mm-hmm. been cast, and I like the idea that I what I do know about her is that she's very short. Um, <laughs> uh, so I like the idea that she's like probably meek when she's not She Hulk, and then and then you know she becomes Bust out. yeah yeah, and then she becomes empowered by being She Hulk. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. I didn't watch Orphan Black either, but I've seen clips and stuff. And, you know, she played a ton of different type of characters on that show, playing all the clones. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see what what route they go. If they do have her be kind of more meek and in human form or or what, because she can go so many different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the um, I think the most important thing to point out here is that even though we're not necessarily familiar with these two actresses in terms of, you know, the Miss Marvel stuff and the She-Hulk, Marvel has proven a a serious, like, almost perfect track record of casting. So Mm -hmm. for me, until they prove otherwise, like, I'm totally in on on their casting just because they've been so on point in the past. So it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, you you can't really question it until they start to, to really make casting mistakes, which they haven't done, so. And out of all the new shows that we've been told about, the only casting left is Moon Knight. Yeah. There was one more, but no, I think you're right. Eagerly waiting for Shia LaBeouf. I mean, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Is that a Freudian slipper? (laughs) Could have been. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, we just just need a Moon Knight casting, and we've got it complete. Um, Very exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, again, how can we even talk about these shows when there's so many other projects that haven't even started filming yet that we're not going to get to see for years to come. Mm-hmm. Fucking Moon Knight could be fucking 2027 yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, or even Jurassic World Dominion, which recently had to <laughs> shut down after spending $5 million on COVID protocols because people got COVID on set. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that uh, COVID costs are probably a reason why Glow got canceled. Um, cost versus, yeah, you know how much they're gonna make. It's gonna cost them a lot of money too, yeah. especially like you said with a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Like COVID procedures yeah. costs when you do something like that has to be huge. Yeah. I just 
just I just still don't see why they couldn't have just pushed it until I, oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I agree. I agree. But yep. Anyway, guys, this wouldn't be Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast if we didn't talk about Spider-Man as the main topic. As the main <laughs> t- like this this very well could have been a news piece, but yeah. fuck why don't, nay, it's why the don't main we topic. Just change our name to the Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> I'm fine with Q-Q, that. Q-Q, the Spider-Man <laughs> yeah, exactly. podcast. Yeah, Swift, Swift, there you go. The Spider-Man you go. podcast. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, the news that we're going to speculate on and then talk about for an hour probably um, <laughs> is that, well, I guess there's two pieces of news, but the first news yeah. was that Jamie Foxx is going to play fucking Electro yeah. for some goddamn fucking reason. Why? He's, re- he's returning to... The MCU version, a different universe, from the Garfield version, apparently. Yeah, uh, but then thankfully it was revealed that he wouldn't be blue. Yeah, so that begs the <laughs> question. Step. So that begs the question: Who is he? And then we got the news that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be Doctor Strange, obviously, in Spider-Man Three. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse, Jamie Fox, Electro. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield, yep. Tom Holland. Yep. It's all coming together in person Spider-Verse confirmed? I mean Maybe. That's kind of the way it, I look at it. It has to be. It's, it literally has yeah, to be. Yeah, right? I mean, going back to what you were literally just saying about casting <laughs> and how they haven't gone wrong, this is probably <laughs> one of the first times that I'm like, why? What are you doing to us? To be fair, I don't think this movie is being cast by Sarah Holly Finn, who does all the MCU casting, because this is technically a Sony production. So I believe sure. but Sony Kevin Feige could say no. Kevin oh, Feige he could be like, he could, nah, but yeah. that, I, I, I think he's there in more of a consultation type of phase where it's like, you know, giving you advice and giving you feedback as opposed to actually the person making the decisions. Yeah, and his feedback would I be, don't know how that nah. works. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, um, I think this is definitely really weird, right? Like the whole idea of harkening back to basically what was probably the worst Spider-Man movie. I don't know. It's it's definitely a toss-up between Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man and 3. Spider-Man 3. The original yeah. Spider-Man 3, which ironically it's 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 pretty hilarious actually that Sam Raimi is directing a Multiverse of Madness movie which will feature Doctor <laughs> Strange in a Spider-Man 3 while he's at the it's just yeah, the the cycle, Chef's you know, this kiss. yeah, the cyclical nature of <laughs> of this is is too much. It's it's the Ouroboros of it all, you know. I um, don't think there's any physical possible way that this isn't into the Spider Verse. Um, mm-hmm. And here's here's what I was talking about earlier. I think people having too much time during quarantine for scripts and ideas could be a bad thing. I think Spider Man. Yeah. I th- I think I think Spider Man three should have been. Craven the Hunter, he's on the run, being hunted. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Yeah. Well, now they've had five months, six months to think about it, and they're like, ah, oh, what if we fucking, like, I, uh, I've well, been doing edibles every day during quarantine. What if we just fucking do Spider Verse? Yeah. And you're so, like, what? I would say that the Jamie Foxx casting could have very well been done in that time, but I uh read somewhere online i can't remember where it was but basically someone who's been working on the movie said hey i can't believe we were able to essentially keep the casting of doctor strange in that movie quiet for a whole year so this is something that's definitely been in play for a while now the specifics of it you know that's obviously stuff that can change um but still and i i I agree with you there is that definitely that that pitfall of like you could have the opportunity to make your 
project or product better, but you also have the opportunity to like basically just fuck it up. Um, which Did is we earn the multiverse for Spider-Man three. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the first two were so grounded. I know there was the whole like Mysterio pretending he was from the, the multiverse thing, but it's mm-hmm. like we had two very grounded films. I just want the third movie to be the friendly neighborhoods. Of, I, I want Manhattan Spider-Man. Yeah. But instead, we're going to get fucking multiverse traversing fucking like, why not just save that for another film? Like we have like, I just want New York Spider-Man and we're not yeah. going to get it, apparently. And yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Well, we 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 will. It's a matter of how much you, New York Spider-Man will we get, right? Like, will this just be a five minute intro and, and outro to the movie and everything else is all the multiverse stuff? We don't right. know. But yeah, it's definitely um, definitely a little concerning in terms of trying to complete that trilogy. What were we going to say, Lauren? Uh, oh, I sorry. It sounded like you were going to say something. So for me... Um, it just seems too big. It's yeah, too big. Definitely. Which is, which is the Spider-Man sequel curse. Yeah. So do, Too yeah. much. Do, too the, big. Absolutely. The question is, is do we know if this is supposed to come out after Multiverse of Madness or before? I thought it was after, but now with all the changes... I think it's changes, supposed to be after. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense, right? You have... You have WandaVision, which leads into Multiverse of Madness, which establishes the multiverse, which then you can use in Spider-Man 3. So if that's the case, then I would say that they don't necessarily have to worry too much about establishing that. But for me, I feel like the the I feel like the inclusion of Doctor Strange in this movie is actually like far more functional than we're giving him credit for, right? This idea of like the whole identity thing, you know, Peter's uh, essentially secret identity being put out into the world. Oh, I get it. Being I get it that he's going to help him escape. Oh, well, he's doing right? he's going like, he's going to use magic. That's that's get, what it yeah. comes down to. That that is the way to solve that issue and and to continue telling that story because, you know, what I mean, like you can't like that can't be the whole movie, right? So I think that's sort of their solution to that. I don't know whether that's um, you know, the right solution, but I think that's kind of what it seems like they're going for. Hmm. I just think there are such better scenarios to complete a trilogy I mean, and to do a multiverse within one movie. This is the, the problem with letting Sony handle the fucking characters. <laughs> Spider-Verse is a trilogy if you're doing it fucking mm-hmm. live action, right? Like, if we have Tom Holland for high school, college, and adult trilogies, yeah. do Spider-Verse fucking in the second trilogy or the yeah. third trilogy. Mm-hmm. You're going to fucking ham-fist it into the third film of an already established like two movies like i just yeah. i think it's a mistake um on a side note sarah finn actually is doing the casting for this oh she is okay good that's great mm-hmm. that makes me a little bit more confident then because knowing sony you know all the all yeah. the fuck-ups they've had in the past so yeah um, i'm hoping that jamie fox is just a cameo maybe we're blowing it all out of the water maybe mm-hmm. dr strange being in it has nothing to do with the multiverse yeah maybe it is just like magic to help people forget that he's peter yeah. parker maybe yeah. maybe jamie fox is just a cameo to set up the sinister six right yes. maybe there maybe it's not this big yeah but it all kind of points towards yeah. the multiverse yeah um, so uh, yeah and i could see very much like this playing out in the way that it does in thor ragnarok where it's like strange's inclusion is is again purely functional right like he's yeah. there to solve a problem in the story to progress the story and then he's gone so yeah, I'm hoping it's more of that because the other problem I have with this too is like how many Spider-Man movies can we get where Peter is essentially like has a like I mean this is more of a joke than anything else but just another bearded mentor 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this idea of like Spider-Man is not Spider-Man if someone is like there essentially like guiding holding him and hands. holding his hand. Like I think that's yeah. good to establish the character. But at a certain point, like I think they definitely need to stop leaning on that and lean that's more on I want, the Peter I Parker. I want like that we a know. friendly neighborhood Spider-Man movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to see him in fucking Manhattan yeah. doing his fucking Spidey thing. Mm-hmm. I Look, we've talked about it fucking a countless number of times. I'm not the writer of the movie, obviously, but everybody <laughs> only just if wants, we were. <laughs> but everybody just wants to see Craven the Hunter, man. That is the yeah. that is the most logical. And but and by everyone you mean you. This. No, everyone on the internet. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Like, it's, I'm just fucking with you. Um, no, I agree. I, it's I a want logical to see through well. line for yeah. this for this fucking trilogy, mm-hmm. and I just think if they do some sort of Spider Verse traversing, act, it's it's just too, it's just too much. Can we just get a third movie that's good, please? So, so let me <laughs> right. I mean, that's hopefully like what they're trying to do. If if they're not, then there's something seriously wrong, and they haven't learned any lessons from the past. But what if Doctor Strange and the whole magic aspect is the way that Craven is is introduced to the story, and then it becomes that Craven story that you're asking for? Like, I think in a scenario like that, like that might be something that would be a little more feasible. Um, in terms of like just focusing on telling a good story and not like the if they universe show, building. If, if they show Craven like hunting different Spider Men, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like maybe he's uh, like cool. this the whole yeah. multiverse aspect. Like maybe he is from another dimension of some sort. You know what he I mean? And that's somehow what, gets brought in. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. already killed Toby Maguire. Yeah. He's like, there's another Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> and we actually get to see him kill Toby Maguire, and he's got like the Spider Man three like comb over and, and all that stuff just fucking snipes him like he doesn't yeah. even have to have like an interaction with him just yeah. murders him yep. and, and he's then like, moving on yeah, and then he's gonna echo what spider-verse said and he's like we're just gonna pretend like that never happened yeah, <laughs> it's obviously all fucking speculation mm-hmm. but with dr strange being introduced it seems fairly obvious mm-hmm well, yeah. it's it's not only that, but I think in terms of the grand scheme of things too, that really positions like Doctor Strange as like one of the sort of leaders of this next iteration of the Avengers as well. Yeah, um, because we oh, do for sure. know, you know, like yeah. obviously he has that influence. So it seems like that's kind yeah. of the direction they're going. And, I mean, it makes sense with the rest of the timeline. Yeah, and and well. obviously like Black Panther was supposed to be one of those people too, and and now with those that aspect changing, like it's it's even more reason to like have Doctor Strange be sort of the the centerpiece of of that team up. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. Just sidebarring off of that, um, if you know, hopefully we do get Sherry take over the mantle, and she jumps into the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should, uh, I mean, there's no reason why that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. God, man, with all these pushbacks, though, Hawkeye's going to be, you know, like with Kate Bishop, that shit's going to be like 2030 by this fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> if it even happens, because Jeremy Renner has had a lot of issues in the last few years publicly. Oh, uh, so. I think they would have, I think they would have canceled it by yeah, now. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I'm all in the yeah, past. They cast, I don't think they would have announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well they cast Kate sure. Bishop after all that drama. Yeah. So they no, wouldn't yeah. have fucking. It's, yeah. it's more so of a joke than anything else. Like the idea that he has more <laughs> chances to fuck up now before they actually make the show. But it's, you know, it's, <laughs> well, it's more of a joke. I think joke they than could easily else. still make it without oh. him, though. Yeah. yeah. So. Totally. Uh, yeah. Should we just stop? Because I could keep talking about Spider Man for like fucking. <laughs> 40 yeah, hours I, mean, I'm, I, I feel like we've 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 dug enough you know I, you, yeah. you don't want to become repetitive so i'm right. okay with that 
Well, okay, one one more thing then. <laughs> if we're arguing if it's whether or not it's the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Electro not being blue is solid proof of the multiverse, is yeah. it not? Yeah. Because yeah. he's not that electro. It's a, so he has yeah. to be another electro An alternate which version. means yeah. there is the multiverse in this movie. Totally. Yeah. And and honestly it just comes down to like how big of a role will Electro play in this. I, I don't think honestly yeah. it's gonna be that. I think it's gonna be like the um the, the Keaton cameo that they did in, in Morbius, which what the hell happened to that movie anyway? It's like yeah. that movie just disappeared off the face of the planet. Um yep. but it's oh, I, no. I, I know like <laughs> we're so sad. Um no, I think it's gonna be something to that effect though, because again, you don't wanna overstuff the movie. Um it's gonna be problematic if they do. What if we get to see okay. a non-blue Jamie Foxx Electro fighting Toby? I'd be down. And then he gets like transported to Tom Holland land. Dude, all I want to all I want is I want to see a a, a a modern interpretation of the classic Electro look. If we get that, I will be freaking happy. No, it'd be super cool. I would fucking love that too yeah. with his sweet fucking like face mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and not even I that wonder- cheesy, but yeah. I wonder if we're going to see him, like, pre-Electro at all. Like, seeing him become... Another origin story? I, fu- yeah. I, I, would, I would doubt it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And unless he's like, ends up being not. the main villain, then that's a different story. Right. Sure. Um, and here's the thing, dude, is I actually thought Jamie Foxx was, like, good with what he was given. You know, the problem wasn't the casting of Jamie Foxx. It was the design of the character and the way the character was handled in in the, the script. Design is so bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Jamie Foxx was actually really good in the movie. Like he gave a decent performance again with what he, he was given. So it's like having having the ability to give him a second chance to like really do the character justice. I think is something that you know um, could be appropriate. I mean, it worked for Deadpool. So yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it'll work I, here. <laughs> I don't disagree with giving Jamie Foxx a second chance. I only mm-hmm. disagree with. That it's that it fucks with canon, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with letting him be Electro again. Mm-hmm. It then just begs the point, like, well, yeah, you're starting. Who is he? You're starting to get into X Men cinematic universe territory, where it's just the continuity what? is just so fucked up. You know what I mean? What if? What if it just has nothing to do with Amazing Spider Man two? Well, what if he's just a new Electro I'm, in, in yeah. entirely? I'm totally okay with that. Seems unlikely, would- but possible yeah. right just like Still well hard. they're not really there is like those two universes aren't connected yet right yeah. so he's just a new he's, he's just a different person yeah it's just yeah, like I a mean, hard reset like, uh, bringing up morbius again that's the only sort of connection oh, yeah. that we've had with the poster in the background of the trailer well and um, keaton yeah. and keaton sure yeah, yeah. so m- yeah i mean i'm gonna guess that it is the same guy um, somehow or, you know, alternate version of the same guy. Yeah. But Absolutely. That's upsetting. That's a bold prediction, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for him. Yeah. That's all I think about. Let's see how it plays out. And let's see where everybody can find you on the internet, Taylor. <laughs> you can find me at Taylor Salen on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much the main place where I'm at right now. So, uh, yeah, you can find all my info on there. What about you, Lauren? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram. 
Um, and also, I did a guest on another podcast recently. The episode's not out yet, um, but it's a pretty fun podcast. Uh, it's called Theoretical Thrills, and it just debuted. Nice. Um, and it's these three friends who are huge theme park and entertainment Ooh, buffs. I love that. Um, and so each episode has a different theme, and they have different guests on each episode, and they pitch their ideas for rides and attractions that fit that theme oh, that's awesome. to that's the cool. guests that's who really then- cool do it and so um i was on the holiday episode so it's gonna be a little bit till mine comes out but yeah um check it out regardless because like i said it, it's it's pretty fun especially if you are also like a theme park oh yeah nerd taylor well. is oh i'm a yeah. huge i mean i'm I, I definitely love theme parks i'm more of a roller coaster buff yeah um, than anything else yeah but, you know i think those two things are intertwined so that's definitely something i want to oh, yeah. check out for sure yeah they definitely pitched me a couple uh yeah couple interesting roller coaster ideas so <laughs> there's just have you guys great. seen the euthanasia roller coaster that someone created it's literally no. a roller coaster that kills you it's fucking crazy i don't know why i brought oh that gosh. up but it's just insane <laughs> sounds terrible yeah uh and i am the la nerd you can find me on uh instagram twitter even though i'm banned right now and youtube <laughs> at i'm the la nerd uh good I did follow, a trailer <laughs> Thank you. I did a trailer reaction video to WandaVision, which we just talked about. Um, I'll be doing whatever the fuck comes out next. Um, uh, Fan Theory TV, follow them on YouTube. I'm doing We Watch Weed and Firefly every Friday. I Mm. uh, take a new person who's never seen Firefly and react to an episode. I think we're on episode five right now, so we're halfway through. Not quite yet. We're almost halfway through. Um, It's good shit, man. Firefly is a great show. I love showing new people Firefly. Let's just four, go watch it. 14 episodes. Or just right? go watch Firefly. Yeah. yeah. 14 and episodes. we do the movie. So yeah, cool. there's quite a bit of content left. Yeah. If you haven't subscribed yet, do so. I'm seven subscribers away from 100. So oh, go do that if you haven't yet. That'd be cool. Because then I can say, like, I'm the, like, YouTube slash I'm the LA nerd. Right now it's just a bunch of fucking numbers until I get to 100 subscribers. So <laughs> do make it. That, do make that fucking it. happen. Do it. And we'll try to be consistent like we used to be. I know. That's mostly my fault, guys. Sorry about that. But also We COVID, forgive so. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, life. Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Later, nerds. Bye. Peace.